Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the latest Shiny Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Spector, and with me, as uh, you should expect, is Mr. Rob Hirschfeld. Rob, how are you? I'm good, Stephen. How are you? So, Rob, I think I've run out of ways to banter between Boise and Austin, and I think our listeners may never want to visit either city. So, um, <laughs> well, this week I, I, I have Seattle, Seattle Envy, because we're recording during KubeCon, and I'm... Uh, I'm, I'm watching the streams and tweets and, and not being in Seattle, which I don't mind so much. But, but it, is, it is like the big open source event of the year, I think. It's taken over the OpenStack, I think. It looks crowded, looks busy and happy. Well, I'm glad. So we have a great guest, and um, I'll just introduce him real quick. I uh, met Lee Atchison from New Relic uh, at AWS event. He gave an... Lee, I'll, I'll give you credit. I'll say that you gave the edge computing keynote at AWS reInvent <laughs> uh, uh, because yours was the only one directly explaining what edge was. And I kind of assumed because yours was in the morning, Lee, that there'd be other sessions following behind it, but it didn't happen. Yeah, I was kind of surprised, too, that there wasn't more edge content. This is you know, reInvent, and uh, they often do talk a lot about edge, and edge has been a big part of their story in the past as well. But there was very little this time around about edge. So, so Lee, before we jump in, can you just uh, give us maybe a little about your role at New Relic, a little history yourself, and then we'll get going. Sure. Uh, again, my name is Lee Atchison. I'm a uh, senior director for cloud strategy at New Relic. And basically what that means is I work with our customers, our, our key customers, our, our, um, our larger, perhaps uh, more invested customers that, that, um, uh, help them figure out what their cloud strategy is related to New Relic and how New Relic can help make their cloud strategy su successful. I actually spend most of my time talking to customers about cloud topics and not about New Relic per se. And so I'm not a salesperson or anything like that. I, I spend my time talking about the types of architectural issues that they're dealing with during a perhaps a cloud migration or a, or a modernization project or something like that. And so I, I spend a lot of time talking to customers. I also spend a lot of time writing articles and doing things like this, giving uh, interviews and webinars and podcasts and things like that. So uh, it's primarily what I do. Um, I've been with New Relic for seven years now. Uh, and uh, I was originally involved in the the precursor to the infrastructure product, which was our our server product, which did server monitoring and, and um, the initial AWS connections that we first did many years ago was, was built through that product. Um, and before that, I was actually working at Amazon. I spent seven years at Amazon. I uh, started on the retail side of the company where I, I helped them during their main move over to a service-oriented architecture on the retail side, and also then moved on to work on video game downloads and building their first app store. Um, and finally, I spent three years at uh, AWS where I was the one that got Elastic Beanstalk started um, and spent... Uh, uh, you know, got that launched and uh, and uh, hopefully a success. And it still seems to be around, so hopefully the, it's still a popular service. Um, but it was after that is when I left to move to New Relic. Okay, so I'm putting up a red flag for Rob now. Rob, I, I just yeah. had eight new podcasts appear based on his commentary there, <laughs> based on everything that happened. So I, I'm going to kick us off, which is unusual. So Lee, before we go to all that, at your talk, you you talked about some of the key things about edge computing. And if you don't mind, if you do a kind of a quick overview and then 
I definitely want to talk talk about your DevOps thoughts about uh, Edge, which I found very interesting, and I think Rob will have some thoughts on as well. Sure. Yeah. So this is actually the first time I've I've talked um, in a forum like this, a public forum about edge computing. It is something I've been spending some time trying to to figure out how it fits into the the realm of of application modernization in general, and and uh, and the cloud strategy in general. And it's something that's been um, giving me a lot of interest in, I would say, about the last year or so. And so I've been spending some time. You know, talking to customers and, uh, you know, that are been in the middle of this, talking to, um, to, uh, you know, some of my peers and other organizations and what they're running into. And what I'm finding out is a lot of people have some very specific feelings about edge computing. And for the most part, it's fear based. People really are afraid of edge computing because they, they see it as something more complicated and, and different than what they're currently doing. It's not on prem. It's not cloud. That's scary enough, but now it's something different altogether. And, and so I, you know, what I tried to do is try to create a presentation that basically said, you know, you know, edge computing really isn't anything new. It, it's been around for a very long time. It's something that guarantee you you're uh, you're probably doing edge computing now if you're in any company of any sort of size, you're doing some form of edge computing, whether you know it or not, you might call it something radically different, but you are doing it. And it's going to become a bigger, bigger component of, of your modern applications. And it isn't really anything to fear, but there are things that you should pay attention to as you move towards developing more edge-based applications. So, so Lee, I, there's, there's so much uh, to go why what do you so you know you said there's fear who who is afraid is it is it the developer persona is it you know is it is it the operators I, I think there's i think there's definitely fear at the management layer at the application management layer the 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 um you know the the managers of the developers if you will um i'd say some fear at the operations level, and it depends on where you draw the line with the operations teams. You know, certainly, this is certainly where we get into some of the DevOps discussions. But um, a traditional operation group, probably not so much, but a a, um, a more modern, you know, DevOps style organization very much is afraid of some of the things that Edge implies. So I, I, I'm super curious because I, I would... If I was an operator, and I mean, we talk to operators quite a bit, they should be terrified. <laughs> Fear is quite <laughs> a word, right? You're talking about thousands of sites, even even tens of sites is, is more than most operators um, are ready to handle. And most developers are thinking about when they build an application. Um, how do you think Edge changes DevOps? So I think that's a, that's a great question. And, and there's a lot of things that you have to think about when you, when you deal with DevOps and the Edge. But one of the the keys is that DevOps still applies. I mean, I, I hear people say, well, edge computing is this different beast. You know, it's thousands of locations and how could I possibly, how could I possibly do the same things I do for my cloud or my on-prem software? It's, it's a totally different beast. So I need special processes and procedures to do that, right? What are those new processes and procedures? So they're very willing to throw away some of the tried and true principles that they are using in on-prem software and, and cloud software just because they're afraid that they don't apply anymore. And in fact, the matter is they, they really do apply. You know, you know, DevOps is about, you know, ownership, accountability, 
it's about distributed decision making. And, and there's a, the, the DevOps trinity is, you know, people, processes, and tools. I, I can tell you that there are still processes, even if they're slightly different processes, there are still tools, even if the tools are a little bit different, but there still are tools and the people are the same. So all the same things that you deal with in a typical DevOps-based organization, you have to deal with with uh, edge computing as well. So don't throw away you know, the baby with the bathwater. Figure out which of your tools and processes really don't work and replace those, but the ones that do work, leverage them, make use of them. And that goes especially true for processes. And the processes that you already have in place really do work. And, and I would so I, I would I, I would think when I think of DevOps and processes, I think of, you know, basically automate, automate, automate. And to me, what what you're really describing is not an alternate process in any way. It, what you're saying, what we're, what we're really saying for edge is if you don't have it automated to a higher degree than you're doing now, you're 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 behind. Not exactly. so much that you need to do it differently, because, right, you're not going to get a new C, a different CICD pipeline. You're not going to get, you know, it shouldn't be. You know, a new deployment, you know, new deployment stuff. If if you're reinventing the wheel, you're not going to get there. You have to start from the, the the shoulders of the giants on these tools and these these approaches. Exactly, and and I think that's one of the fallacies that some people run into is, uh, you know, everyone talks about CI/CD. I, but but how many organizations really have a solid CI/CD strategy that fully takes advantage of what CI/CD is all about, and and there are some organizations that do that, but most organizations take you know have shortcuts. They have mostly automated deploys, but they still have you know some manual processes behind the scenes for certain aspects, or or or, or some aspect like that. And there's a there's a lot of cheating, if you will, and and, and that's good enough in s- some cases in most places for most companies and most environments, especially smaller companies or smaller organizations within a larger organization. But um, when it comes to dealing with edge computing, you can't get away with that anymore. One of the first things you have to do is absolutely positively nail distributed deployments. You have to do it right. You have to do it perfectly. You have to know how to do that. It's a fundamental aspect of your application. I think that's the source of the fear here, right, is, is really not that I can't do it, but knowing that, right, you have to be in Olympic, sh- you know, not Olympic shape, but you, you need to you need to be top of your game to make this work because it's going to magnify places where you shortcut it. It's going to magnify your technical debt. Um, and that that sounds like the point that you're making here is that it's like, look, this is DevOps, but you need to be top of your game. You're, you can't stumble through it. Because you, you could absolutely. replicate a problem a hundred times or more. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's nothing is different, but you have to take the things that you know about and take them seriously and do them correctly. I, I have a parenthetical comment because we've we've talked about this, and maybe maybe I get your opinion on it too. Because we've we've talked about um, on other podcasts, you know, trying to fit some of the data center technologies into edge. Um, and there are places where there's an architectural mismatch where something's, you know, too heavy or too cumbersome or, you know, we're, we're trying to get to metal instead of VMs. Um, it, it doesn't sound like that's, you're, you're saying something different than that. There, there will be some new technologies in this mix, but yeah, not there, new processes necessarily. Exactly. And there are things that are different and there are things you have to deal with, but they're, 
they're not as fundamentally opposed to the things you already know about. You, you don't have to learn new concepts. You there, there will be some tools that are different. There'll be some processes that are different. There'll be some technologies that are different, but they're not radically different from the types of things you're already dealing with. You know, for, for example, one of the things I talked about in the presentation was the idea of scaling. And scaling is very different for edge-based applications than it is for a cloud-based application. But yet the same concepts still apply. You still have to deal with scaling issues. You still have to understand how your application scales and what it does when it scales. You know, but the difference is in cloud-based scaling, it's a very vertical scaling problem. But in edge, it's a very horizontal scaling problem. You know, your individual nodes do one thing or a small number of things, but you have millions of nodes as opposed to a typical, you know, on-prem or cloud application, which has a significantly fewer number of nodes, but each each node has to do many simultaneous, you know, hundreds, thousands, millions of activities at the same time, and scaling vertically is much more important. So you, know, you still have to deal with scaling. You still have to understand scaling issues. You have to understand when to scale and how your scaling works and all those sorts of things. But the absolute details of how to do it are different from the two, right? There's you know, different approaches you have to take. So, so I want to lean on your New Relic uh, experience a little bit here too, because right, New Relic is very much about taking application data, making good decisions, improving your performance, you know, real time and and not real time. And when you talk about scale in the cloud, it it's an elastic resource. In Edge. It's constrained. You might not be able to just add more compute, or if you add compute into another site, you might increase latency. How do you see people, you know, automating that process and thinking about that from a design perspective when when they want to scale? Sure. Yeah. It, like I say, it's it's a different type of a scaling problem. Uh, you your 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 typical scaling issues of do I have enough uh, CPU? Do I have enough memory? Do I have enough you know, the various resources I need within my servers in order to scale properly. Those aren't the questions you're asking anymore. You know, the, the questions you're asking are things like of the million nodes, how many of them are currently having this class of problem? How many of them are currently, you know, going through some sort of reboot phase because there's some problem going on? What percentage of my nodes are, are, um, doing their job successfully versus having some problem I might you know, that might be a class of problem that's related to a certain class of hardware. Um, you know, they're, they're much more of a statistical problem that you have to deal with versus, you know, waiting for a number on a CPU chart to go a little bit too high and then deal with it. It's more, much more a matter of looking for the correlations and the combinations within the data that you're getting, the data stream you're getting, and figure out what issues might exist because of it. So locality of the where the application is running is going to factor in. You might you might have applications that have spurious behavior that that are in the same app domain. Would they be in the same app domain from your perspective, or would you know? Are, yeah, how's the, how are these app? How are these these statistics that we collect going to interact? So it, you know it, it it depends on the application, right? Of course, and but it but um, you know, I think the easiest way for people to think about this is not to think about edge as the, you know, the temperature probe that's in, um, you know, a farmer's field and millions and millions of those. And that's what, that's the sort of thing that people often think of when they think of edge, but think of um, a, a different example of something that's just as much of an edge application, but we don't think of it that way. 
and and what I'm thinking of here is the single page browser app. Single page browser app is an edge application. It's an application that runs in our end users end users computer. It runs there for all the same reasons why we run applications within you know that temperature probe. Uh, it's it's close. You know, it's a much more interactive experience with the customer and dealing with the customer, and then only sending data back that needs to be sent back. But you have all the same computation issues. You now have millions of nodes that are all running the same software, but for one customer or one person. And so, what type of metrics do you care about when you're talking about a single page app that's running? Well, you care about things like you know. Uh, you know, how many people are doing what type of activities at what time and how many of them are succeeding, how many of them are failing. Are there, for the ones that are failing, are there tr common threads as to why they're failing? Are they failing because a certain type of browser is having a problem, you know, a particular version of a browser? Are they failing because a particular geographic area um, is missing some, um, you know, CDN information that uh, keeps the application from working correctly? Um, or are they much more random than that? Are they based on the types of activities that the user is performing with the application? You, you don't tend to care as much about, you know, a, a given single error that occurs in a single user's browser. You tend to care about the statistical analysis of the types of problems that are occurring and what are the common threads that occur with those applications. The same thing's true with any other edge application. It's it's less about what the individual software is doing. It's much more about the statistical analysis of what's going on. But but hold on a second, because I, I want to pull back from that. Because I mean, with a, with a browser-based application, we have, when well, we have a user, um, and we also have some pretty good, you know, control mechanisms and, and blue-green deployments and things like that to deal with it. If I was running an application, you know, in a DevOps sense, so it, you know, no person at a console, no, you know, control R refresh or, you know, device comes and goes. I'm just running a containerized application or I'm running some, some system on a data center at the edge. Um, I don't have, you know, it's, I, I don't have an easy deployment strategy for that. So if something's going wrong, uh, you know, and, and well, there's two there's two components that are different, and I'm interested in your your opinion here. One is it's more likely that I've got four or five different services interacting um, as in a captive portal, and then you know it's got to be automated. I can't count on somebody you know refreshing their browser to fix a problem without me worrying you know doing anything. I've got to push so, it. Oh. So let, let's look at the again that that browser app for a second. And yes, there's a user there, but that user is part of the stimulus response system for the application, they're not something that you control. You can't force a user to press a button in order for a deployment to occur or for, you know, for software to reboot. Yeah, customers will naturally do control R, refresh the page, and sometimes whether we want them to do that or not, they, you know, they, they'll do it. But, but it's not a controlled environment. So the user of the browser app isn't part of your deployment process and isn't part of your automation process. You have to have a mechanism to update that application dynamically real time independent of what the user is doing. Now, in the case of a browser app, that may very well be run the version of the of the application until the user logs off. The next time they log in, they're running a different version. You know, it might be that simple, but it might be much more dynamic. You, you might dynamically load widgets that are part of your application and, and uh, you know, 
one second you're loading one widget and another second you're loading a different version of that same widget. And, and that's a very rational way to deal with it as well. But, but in, in any respect, it is part of the deployment process to deal with issues about, you know, what version they're running, how they're running and how to make things work. And, and it's, and you can't really, you're not relying on the user, the end user to do that for you. You're, you're trying to do that without them being involved in that process. So in many ways, it is still the, the unintended, uh, un, um, uh, yeah, unattended, not intended, but unattended uh, deployment that occurs at any other sort of edge device, whether that edge device is a, you know, is, is a, like I say, a temperature probe or whether it's a, you know, it's a, um, um, uh, uh, you know, something, you know, piece of electronics that are running inside an automobile or whether it's a, you know, whatever it is, you, you have just as much control over the deployment and the update in those cases as you do with the uh, browser-based application. Well, well, but wait a minute, uh, because if, if I have a temperature sensor or another device, it's, you know, I have much fewer control surfaces to update, patch, change that. You know, I'm going to have to have some aggregation point running it in my in my facility where I'm collecting all that data, and then I'm going to have applications running on that that actually make decisions and decide what data to forward or take actions. Right? It's, I mean, it's that's a that's a real IT environment. So true, but and so we're. I think one of the things we're talking around here is where is the definition of what a probe is, and where is the definition of where the edge starts and the the cloud isn't and 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 you know and it's different by application so if you're talking about you know the 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 real simple dumb probe that does nothing but but sit there take a temperature and then you have some sort of centralized data center maybe on you know still geographically located in the in the farm that gathers all the all the data from all those probes and sends it up arguably that centralized computer that's sitting in a farmhouse somewhere that's your edge device right uh, and not the temperature probe itself but in a lot of cases you're talking about you know a higher uh, you know and a, a temperature probe that has its own ip address and its own computing and its own sort of infrastructure on its own and it reports directly back to a main application and, and in that case then that's the the edge device and so you know where you draw the line i think does matter in how you think about it and and uh and and that plays into this as well so so from that perspective you know if you if you look at collecting data so that you can improve that application experience you know does that change our our application monitoring our performance challenges right how do we how do we build performant applications how do we build safe applications yeah, and, and, and it, there's a number of things you have to think about that are different from how you deal with performance for those applications. The, it's a different set of of, uh, of concerns that you have to deal with. You know, and, and I I use the example of you know and, you know of you know watching to make sure you're not using too much CPU on your main servers is a real simple basic example, of course. But looking, you're also looking at error rates and other things. But in the edge devices, you're much more focused on the aggregation of data and not uh, the individual characteristics of an individual node. So you're going to be caring about things like, you know, of my million nodes, how many of them are having a problem? Are there any common characteristics of what that problem is related to their environment, whether it's the hardware environment or what they're monitoring or where they're located or whatever is involved with their environment? Are there 
correlations they can make there that could indicate what the problem might be. Are there, you know, um, uh, you know, revision issues or whatever that might be. So you're, you're tending to look more for aggregated, um, analytic, um, statistical data than you are looking for individual problems and individual graphs for individual servers, like you might be in a, uh, in a, in a typical cloud-based application. So, so from that perspective, you would be, you, you know, if, if you had a hundred, you know, it's a, let's say a thousand devices running some type of workload, you were collecting statistics, you're collecting application data. So if you were having, you know, CPU spikes out of, or disk latency out of, out of, you know, 5% of that fleet, then you're going to have to come back and figure out which, which versions of the applications are running in that and see if there's a correlation. Is that, is that what you're, you're meaning with that? As an example, yes, that's the sort of thing that you'd, you'd want to deal with. You know, what's in, what's the common characteristic of the set of nodes that are having problems? If, if 5% of your nodes are having a particular error condition occurring on a regular basis, what's the, the distinguishing characteristic of those particular nodes that might be in common that could be causing the problem? And that's part of your diagnostic problem. Process for figuring out what the problem hardware, is. Hardware, network, latency. There's, you know, there's a whole bunch. It of It could be a thousand different things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, wow. So you're going to have to have a tool set that that pulls those things together. And if you're not tracking the right data when you're in that distributed place, you could be chasing phantoms all day long. Exactly. So there, your your tools. Some of your tools are going to be different. Some of your tools are not going to be different. The, but the fact is you have tools that you have to deal with. You have to deal with performance data. You have to gather performance data in order to figure out what's going on to solve your problems. The specifics are going to be different and, and the skills you're using are going to be a little bit different, but they're not radically different. This, you know, the, a lot of the same things I was using to describe the way you would diagnose a problem for a million node application, you still have to have those same skills when you're dealing with a hundred node or a thousand node data center. Um, it's just a different level and type of problem, but it's still the same skill sets. And so you're you're just applying the skill sets differently and you're applying them maybe over a different broader, yeah, broader it, it, process. It strikes me as something that we as people architecting edge applications need to think about, right? It's 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 you know, you can't if you show up after the fact and think, oh, I wish I had this data, you're gonna be deploying a whole new infrastructure. Uh, or you Absolutely. know, at least releasing your application. But if if you're if you need some data from the infrastructure and you haven't gotten it, then you could be in serious trouble. Yep, that that that's that's absolutely valid point. I think one of the things that we, um, you know, that we talk about is um, is um, you know minimum viable products, right? That's a concept we tend to talk about when we're building modern applications, at least when we're starting to build modern applications. I think the what involves a minimum viable product for a a um, highly distributed edge application is a very different sort of beast than it is for a, you know, for a SaaS service that's, you know, got its first hundred users. And so understanding the implications of that is important. I mean, one of the things I talked about and, you know, I have the eight points I talk about in in my talk, one of them is is uh, um, to you know, is you're decreasing. You have to deal with decreased number of deployments, which sounds like it's different than what DevOps is trying to say. DevOps says fail often but fail quickly, and but when it comes to edge computing, uh, fail often, fail quickly is still a 
good strategy, but don't fail as often. I mean, because it, it is a much more costly deployment <laughs> by the very nature of how it works. Yeah, I, so I you, mean, you want sending somebody out to you push can't the do it the same level as you do with a SaaS-based application. You can't redeploy, you know, two minutes later or 30 seconds later and and be fine with it. You know, it's a much more costly process to do a deploy. And so you have to deal with the, uh, the um, you know, with those issues. So, yes, DevOps is important, but that doesn't mean that everything that DevOps teaches you applies in completely the same way. There are still changes you have to make. Right. There, there's an interesting point that, that to me comes out of this, which is, that we need to be careful. Um, I'll say, I'm going to say it in my opinionated way, but I'm interested you take that if, if we, if we distribute things like wrapped in virtual machines, where we're obfuscating the environment too much, we actually lose critical data. And so part of edge, we do need to strip away layers that hide actual environmental concerns. And perhaps we're, we are running, you know, with less abstractions because we need to know really what's going on. We, we don't have the choice to be perfectly elastic. That data becomes important. Is that, is that, that where you're, what you're talking about with this? I, I think that's absolutely a fair statement. Yes. I think you do have to, uh, the environment is much more important to you than it is in a cloud-based application. And I, I almost wish I would have thought of it that way and put that in as in one of my bullet points in this presentation, because that is a great way to describe it, is uh, that you, you are much more aware of your environment in an edge application because the environment does have a much greater impact on how the application works. And that environment isn't necessarily just the physical location or the physical environment itself. It's network connectivity, which CDNs are you connected to, all sorts of things like that affect all of that. I think I think what you're describing is how edge is different than cloud infrastructure because cloud we try to ignore all those things or we've been able to edge we can't. Uh, um, well, I, well, that's true. It's no different though than it is for a single page browser app or a mobile app. Now I see the comparison. Right. So when you're building those applications, and this is a place where New Relic has deep deep roots, you are you have to deal with heterogeneity location, distance, environment, there's, there's a huge number of factors that go into building a great experience. And, and that is a very direct translation for edge and what we're going to have exactly. to do with an edge. I get yes. it. I was, I would, yeah. you, you have converted me. I was skeptical on the, on the <laughs> that, that point. And I, I see, I see what you're saying. No, this is not yeah, acceptable. I, I certainly don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to say that building a, you know, a, a application in a Docker container running in, you know, in a Kubernetes cluster, and the the invisibility that gives you is exactly the same as running an edge device. That's absolutely not true. But your application as a whole, which contains things like, you know, um, uh, JavaScript that's running on a on a on a on a browser, whether it's a single page app or not, um, or uh, mobile applications, etc are all the same sorts of things that happen that you happen with edge computing. It's so your entire application has components that are in the cloud and components that are on the edge. And that model of having a, an entire application be a lot larger than just the cloud, but incorporates lots of other things as well. That model has been around for a long time and it's something that we've been dealing with for a long time. So this is uh, Lee. This is the point I come in, 
And this is usually okay. when I get a nasty message in the background from Rob that I have three page I, I, more that, questions. That was awesome. Lee Lee like summed it up. I, I, I applaud your coming in this case. <laughs> the, the, Lee, the timing came in great and I uh, this was perfect. As our listeners know, we've been we've been shortening ourselves back to thirty minutes, which I think is is good for me. I can tell you, and it's good for I've our so listeners as well. Lee, Lee, this was really great having you on. I appreciate it. Um, if the people listening want to read more of your stuff, and I know you do a lot of thought leadership places, where should they go to find that information? Sure. A, a couple sources. Uh, firstly, you can go to leeatchison.com and I keep a record of, of uh, yeah, I have a blog there and I also keep a record of all the articles and all the presentations I give there. So that's a good jumping off point to where all of my other content is located. But also take a look at newrelic.com and uh, blog.newrelic.com and you'll see a lot of my content on, on, uh, on that as well. So, Lee, thank you again for joining us. This was great. Any uh, ses- any events you're coming to in the next few months that you already know about? Maybe we can just shout them out here for you. Well, thank you. Sure. I'm I'm it, it, nearing the end of my season of, of events right now, but I am going to a, uh, 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 one of our local FutureStack conferences in Chicago um, uh, tomorrow, and I'll be there on Thursday. And that's our, our last in our series of of our future SAC conferences that we're doing this year, starting started out back in uh, in uh, I think London was our first one in February I think, and then all throughout the the season, and we've this is our last one in Chicago now, and that's kind of a strategy we've been using of having these single day events in multiple cities, kind of like the the AWS summits um, that. Uh, that uh, AWS has been doing in, in addition to their reinvents. But certainly now, then starting next year, you'll see me at a significant number of the AWS summits. I can't tell you which ones in particular, but I tend to go to all of the APAC ones. I tend to go to um, uh, many of the US ones. Um, and depending on circumstances, I'll be going to a couple of the uh, European ones as well, too. And then as we figure out our future stack uh, schedule for next year, I'll be I'll be um, uh, attending those as well. So um, I, I do a bunch of different uh, random conferences offhand too. I, I did a the X Matters conference uh, about a month ago, and I will probably be doing DevOps conferences again this coming year. Uh, but I don't know the details of which ones yet, and those details will get worked out within the next oh couple of months or so. And uh, as they're getting the details are getting worked out, they will be on uh, leeatchison.com. I have a section I talk about specifically the conferences I'm going to. Great. Well, I I appreciate you joining us again. And I saw your session AWS, and he's an excellent speaker. So to our listeners, uh, if you are going to event and Lee is speaking, I uh, do recommend going to see his session. His slides were really good, and it, it told the story, and it was really. Uh, you know, not often do you go to technical events and find speakers that are really good. And so I, I certainly would uh, encourage our, read, our listeners to go there. Well, Robin Lee, I'm going to shut down for today. If I could interrupt yeah, for sure. one more second, if I could just throw in one more plug, if you if you don't mind, for uh, my, my book published by O'Reilly Media is uh, Architecting for Scale. And it talks a lot about how to build highly scaled web applications. Uh, it's not a specifically focused on 
on on you know the, some of the topics we're talking about here today, but it, it focuses a lot on on risk management and building highly skilled applications, building highly available applications, and some of the issues involved in doing that. And it's called Architecting for Scale, and it's available from O'Reilly. We oh, perfect! To, we have to build the edge version of it. Looking forward to that. Yes, I will. <laughs> So we'll we'll take part. Well, hopefully we can bring you back in a, maybe six months or so, Lee, and, and get some feedback. I'd be really interested in having you on after maybe a, an event in Asia, like an AWS event, to get the perspective of what's happening in Asia with uh, cloud and Amazon and stuff. So we'll keep track with you. And uh, thank you again for uh, joining us. And thank you for having me.